Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball. Every game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, with an extended pregame show this year before I hand it off to Robbie Robinson and Rodney Ashby. And the Rams are back at the Siegel Center on Wednesday for a home game against Radford. It's not going to be an easy game. This, this was a tough game against Radford last year, and it's a strong program that has been improving every year. And the Rams didn't make it easy for themselves on Friday uh, when they had to come back from a 13-point deficit to defeat Samford at the Siegel Center. But we celebrated as Ryan Odom got his first win of his career here in Richmond with VCU. The Odom era has now officially Begun, but it's at this time in the show when we wanted to go around college football here in the state of Virginia on University Drive. Let's go to University Drive. Scores, rivalries, rankings, all the college football in the state of Virginia. We'll follow the action all season long. College football, baby. University Drive on AWOD Radio. And we begin with the Who's of UVA. You can hear who's talking right here on 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. Tonight at 6 p.m. with Frank Maloney alongside Jim Hobgood. They're going to have Wally Rayner and Barry Parkhill as the special guests. And uh, it it will be a a touching show, as I know they're going to do a tribute for the three UVA football players that lost their lives last year, as it is the one-year anniversary uh, of those murders. And um, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was a... It was a sad day. It was a sad show. It was tragic. can't believe that it actually happened. I mean, a guy that was on the team and then left the team, and my goodness, it just it breaks my heart. And, um, whew, yeah, it's sad, but I, I will definitely be tuning in to Who's Talking tonight at 6 p.m. But UVA had a chance for a big victory on Thursday night as they faced off against Louisville. And, look, they were down 14-0, and then – used a, a quick few plays in the third quarter to score 21 points and actually take a 21-14 to 14 lead thanks to a touchdown drive, an interception return for a touchdown, and then a really strong three-play drive led by Anthony Calandria finding Malik Washington for a 42-yard touchdown pass. And then Louisville came out strong in the fourth quarter, scored 17 points, and came away with a 31-24 to 24 victory. And... That's been the issue for the Hoos this season and last year. The Tony Elliott era is stamped by close losses, one possession or less, including this season. The Cavs are 2-8 and eight on the year, 1-5 in the ACC, but they've lost a one-point game, a seven-point game, a three-point game, another three-point game, a third three-point game, and a, and a seven-point game. I mean, they're losing all these close games games that they have a chance to come away victorious and Calandria was really impressive again 20 for 31 314 yards did have one turnover uh, but a big touchdown throw and also ran the ball 14 times for 89 yards I feel like the Hoos have figured out something offensively they just have to get a better defensive performance moving forward with two games left to go in the season they will face off against Duke this Saturday, 3 p.m. on the CW before the rivalry game 
against Virginia Tech on November 25th. And speaking of Virginia Tech, let's move over to the Hokies here on University Drive. Virginia Tech had their best performance of the season offensively, I really think, as they put up 48 to defeat Boston College 48-22. to And this is a, a BC Eagles team that was playing some really good football. In fact, they had won five straight games before taking the loss on Saturday to the Hokies as it was Malachi Thomas uh, with one long 35-yard touch, rushing touchdown. Deshaun Tootin, almost five yards a carry, 78 yards. He got in the end zone three times. But the story of the game, in my opinion, was Chiron Drones, all right? We've talked about this. I even said in the offseason, I want Drones to be the starting quarterback because of his dual threat ability. Well, that dual threat ability was on full display on Saturday as the Hokies got a big road win thanks to 12 of 17 through the air for Chiron Drones, 219 yards, two touchdowns, but he ran the ball for 6.8 yards a carry, 20 carries for 135 yards, including one Long 59-yard scramble for the Hokies quarterback as they improve to 4-2 and two in conference play, 5-5 five and five on the year, and have a chance to get a bowl game this season, year two of the Pry era, if they can win one of their next two games. And I, I expect them to be, to be playing in a bowl game. I, I really do. I, they've turned it on. As of late, offensively, the defense did a good job of stop, uh, not giving up the explosive plays that cost them against Louisville. They're going to win either at home against NC State or on the road in Charlottesville against UVA on November 25th. But we move over to talk about the hottest college football team here in the state of Virginia, and that is the James Madison Dukes. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, play-by-play -play voice of the Dukes, Dave Riggert. What's going on, Dave? Hey, Wad, man. It is a crazy time to be a Duke. It's a good time to be a Duke. So many good things happening. A lot of a lot of buzz nationally about James Madison. Absolutely. And so last week, unfortunately, lose the best defender for the year. Uh, but it was team defense as they hold UConn to just six points in a 44-6 win. Yeah, that's the one area that's a little bit of a concern for JMU even before the season began was just the depth up front of the defensive line. Now, those guys have been unbelievable this year. And Jalen Green, who you're talking about, who tore up his knee against Georgia State, and unfortunately will be a loss for the season, still leads the country in sacks and tackles for loss. And, you know, that's a huge loss for them. There's no doubt about that. But they do have some guys that they can kind of shuffle around. They've moved Jamie Cromie out to defensive end and moved some guys in. Um, Emmanuel Bush is a guy that came over from Marshall. He transferred a year ago. And he had a really good football game against UConn the other day. So I think now it's just some other guys get some more opportunities. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they can shine as well. But it's a tremendous loss. But I think they can withstand that. I'm not sure they can withstand another injury up there just because um, they're about their limit. They, they've lost two defensive ends um, to season-ending surgeries. And uh, hopefully they don't lose any more. But right now I think they can still withstand that and uh, still be, be really solid up front defensively. Dave, Jordan McLeod was so impressive. 33 of 37, only four passes that weren't caught, 457 yards, uh, four touchdown passes. Uh, it's been so much fun to watch him be able to run and throw, throwing it all over the place. Uh, but Reggie Brown has been such an impressive wide receiver. Are NFL scouts starting to talk about Reggie Brown yet? I mean, he had 200 yards and two touchdowns, including an 80-yarder. 
If not, they need to be because Reggie is a very talented young man. And he's a guy that, you know, he's been here for five years, and he's a guy that was behind Antoine Wells, who's now at South Carolina, Chris Thornton, who set records as well, and kind of sat behind them and watched them and had to learn and kind of grow up a little bit. And he never really put up huge numbers, but he has tremendous speed. Um, he's got a little inconsistent hands at times, but they've been much better here of late. And he's a guy that can take the top off the defense. He's had 400-yard games this season. Um, he had a two-touchdown game. You mentioned his 202 yards. That's a new school record. So he's a guy that um, has really kind of refined his route running, uh, which I think is probably intriguing to scouts because he's always had the speed. But he's a guy that's winning so many one-on-one battles right now. Um, he's catching hitches and, and slants over the middle, something he didn't do a ton early in his career. He was more of a, a deep threat all the time. Still has that ability, which we saw on Saturday. But he's a guy that can go over the middle and catch hitches and turn those into long gains as well. So he's, an, he's, a, great, he's a great athlete, very fast, and uh, finally starting to kind of come into his own as He's averaging over 20 yards per reception, which is top 10 in the country. Dave Rigert, play-by-play voice of the James Madison Dukes on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Dave, let's just pretend here that the NCAA commissioner is a family friend. He's listening in right now. What would you say <laughs> to convince him why JMU should be bowl eligible? Well, they're the first team to ever do do this in the history of college football, to make the transition and be 18-3. and three. It's not like this is this – is, just a, a whim that this team hasn't been good for a long time. You know, this is a team that played a full FBS schedule, the first team ever to play a full FBS schedule their first year of the transition. They went 8-3. and three. So they have continued to, to, to back that up, go 10-0 this year. They're 18-3 and three and 16-3 and three against FBS opponents and moving up to FBS. And uh, the proof is in the pudding, obviously. You can look at what they've done on the field, but with their facilities – the budget they have is number one on the Sun Belt. They have they have done their homework in trying to make the jump from FCS to FBS. It wasn't just a, on a whim. Like this rule that is in place right now prevents teams from doing that. That's why this rule is in place because they don't want teams to jump up who aren't ready, who can't handle it. Well, JMU has proven they can handle that. They've been they've been having this in the works for a long, long time. And again, you're 18 and three in your transition. No one in the history of college football has ever done that. They deserve to play for a championship and go bowling. Great stuff, Dave. Always appreciate it, man. Thanks, Adam. Take care, bud. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. Stop by, just ordered the new specialty burger of the month. It is the Caprese Burger. It's going to have pesto mayo on it, uh, cheese, and uh, looks really good. So I'm uh, going a little bit out of my comfort zone today at Cap Ale. I love some pesto. That's I do too. I got I to try that. Yeah, my mom used to make pesto, homemade pesto growing up, but her pesto would always taste best like three days later. For some reason, her (laughs) homemade pesto, it needed to sit and and stew a little bit in the fridge, and then it would be good. But uh, big news here on AWOD Radio, we do have Stubb back working the ones and twos uh, this week. Glad to have you back, Stubb. Oh, I am so happy to be back. And you were telling me you listened to a lot of sports radio the week you were out, man. I did. I, you know, I, I, I entered this job not knowing a thing about sports, and you're, you're making me more of a sports <laughs> guy every day. And how did you enjoy watching Red Zone on Sunday? It was, that was a good Red Zone. The 1 p.m. slot, 
Yeah. Uh, practically every game ended on a nail biter, and and I gotta say, I'm becoming a, a Vikings fan right now with Dobbs. Really? He's watching <laughs> every single play he does looks insane. Yeah. No, I mean he he kind of just scrambles around and, and then makes something happen. And I look, I, I liked him week one for Arizona against the Commanders. He kept them in it and, and made it close. And it's always cool when you find some guy to root for. Like he's got a really great story. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody really was into him out of college. He's bounced around three different teams in the same year. It is wild. And look, this is a Minnesota team that's right in the thick of things. They could be a playoff team with Josh Dobbs. I think so too. They're looking great. Like I, every time they cut to the Vikings, I was locked into the screen because I just wanted to see that guy make a play, and he made a lot. Yeah, yeah, no, and they've got good, they've got good pieces around him. Uh, of course, they're they're going to get Justin Jefferson going as well. The defense uh, plays good, and and I like rooting for the Vikings because Kevin O'Connell, the head coach, used to be here in D.C. with the Washington Commanders. Uh, any other things that you took away from NFL Sunday? I mean, Kyler Murray got his first start of the of the season for the Cardinals and they got a victory over the Atlanta Falcons. He was kind of running wild in that game. That was a fun one. Yeah, that's great. I missed a bit of the 4 p.m. slot because I was watching the Commanders game and then I had to go and do something. Uh, but I did watch the Patriots game in the morning. That yeah. was not fun. No, I told I told you, I told the audience, sleep in. It's not worth watching Mac Jones and the Patriots against Gardner Minshew. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was a, a low-scoring game. Think about the guys in Germany who watched that game. They're like, we could have gone to a Bayern Munich game and seen more points scored than that one. Yeah, imagine buying a, a flight ticket out to see that. And it's just, it's not, yeah. My, my buddy down the hall is a Patriots fan, so I, I watched it with him. But, I mean, you get no touchdowns, it's nothing. Like that no. was worse. I watched the Thursday night football game, and I think the Patriots had a less interesting game than than Bears Panthers, and that was a snooze fest as well. Uh, so, what were a few of your takeaways from the Commanders game? You heard me give my ten takeaways. What were some of your observations? I mean, I gotta agree. The defense looks bad. Um, I th- I feel like last uh, last week they they wanted to prove that they were good without Young and Sweat, and mm-hmm. they kind of lost that that kind of energy. And it it's it's looking like they might be the problem. Oh, hold on, I'm getting a caller. Oh, you can always chime in. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. I saw somebody tweeting at Kyle Brandt of NFL Network. Can we get Brian Robinson Jr. on angry runs now? So every week he picks like a running back or quarterback or a wide receiver that runs angry, that runs pissed off and runs people over and re- uh, awards them as the the star of the week with angry runs. And Brian Robinson was running angry. Eight carries for 38 yards, 4.8 yards per carry, a couple of really good runs there in the fourth quarter uh, on their zone reads. And then anytime we threw it to him, he was running pissed off. He was running people over, and he's so good at when he plants his foot and goes upfield at, at hitting his like top speed quicker than most people, right? It's not like he's the fastest guy on the field, but he gets to his top speed so quickly, and with his ability to run people over, it's like you're you're trying to stop a moving freight train, and uh, that's what it's like when they get Brian Robinson the ball in space. And so, yes, I'm upset the Commanders lost this game, uh, but there were so many positives to take away offensively, and I said the same thing last week and even the week before that. As long as we play good offensively, I'm going to keep watching. I'm going to keep cheering and rooting for this team. I don't care about the defense being bad. 
All right? We just traded two of our best defensive players. We're going to have more draft picks next year. Jack Del Rio's not a good defensive coordinator. Ron Rivera, the head coach, doesn't know anything about defense anymore. He's a dinosaur now. And, and so it's just one of those things where uh, I'm tired of watching Jack Del Rio give the game away every single week. Uh, we mentioned there were a couple really good uh, college football games over the weekend. JMU with a big win. Virginia Tech with what I thought was their most prefer um their, their most uh, full, complete performance of the season. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. Let's go to line one. Stubb, who do we got on line one here? We got Spider John from Richmond. Spider John, you're on the fan with AWOD. What's up, buddy? Hey, man, how you doing? I'm doing good. What do you want to call hey, in for I'm today? Up, I'm upset with myself because I'm becoming addicted to your show. <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> I really do enjoy it, and I appreciate uh, you know you, you working with us behind the scenes on some Hampton City stuff. Um, I, I couldn't agree more with you on on the uh, skins. I, I mean, I, I I turn on the game now just because I want to watch Sam. I don't care about the rest. I just love watching the guy. He is so much fun. Yeah. I, so, do you think that we found our franchise quarterback? Is Sam going to be the guy in Washington for the next five years? I do. I really do. I think he's got too many. Uh, he's got too much diversity. You know, he's he's good at running. He's, he sees the field. I know he's not the tallest guy out there, but and he's got a big heart. You know, heart means a lot in this game. So I think yeah. he is. No, that's a great point, right? Yeah. Like he has what you can't coach, which is heart. You know, the, another caller said Moxie, right? I've been saying he's got the marbles, right? Like there's no no moment that's too big for Sam Howell, and uh, you know that's what I'm most frustrated in, in today is the fact we wasted another great performance by Sam Howell. If you look at how many good performances he he's had this season, you should be talking about a team with six wins or seven wins, not a team that's below mm -hmm. 500. Yeah, we make the the good teams look bad and the bad teams look good. That's what really irritates the heck out of me. You know, we, we should have won the Giants game, and I mean, they should have won the Bears games, and then we take Philly, you know, uh, to to the brink of uh, beating them, and kind of crazy. Yeah, but that's hey, not hey. the reason why I called. Yeah, Spider John, did you call in because Richmond faces off against William and Mary next week, or what were you calling about? I did, I did. You don't, you got to, you got to talk about another hot team in the state. Richmond's won five games in a row. They, they are at the top of the standings along with a couple other teams in the CAA, and they're fighting for a playoff berth. You know, I mean, they started out the season two and three, and now they're six and three. So they've done well. Yeah, no, I've been following from afar. I definitely need to uh, to mention it more often on the show. But uh, I saw bits of the win against Maine uh, about a month ago and then uh, a good win against Elon over the weekend. So give me a little breakdown. What's your preview for Richmond against the Tribe? Well, I don't know too much about the Tribe because some of the guys have been hurt. But uh, Richmond's got their best core players back for, for the end of the season, which is good. Kyle Wickersham, the quarterback, I mean, that guy's big. He's like 6'3", and weighs 230, and I mean, he just runs over people. He's got a good arm. We've got good wide receivers. We've got a defense that's uh, playing lights out, uh, good tacklers, and uh, they're just they're gelling at the right time. So it's a lot of fun to go out and watch. Well, I appreciate you chiming in, man. Thanks for calling. Okay, but and also, when we talk to Lane sometime, I ask you about the spider basketball team, too, because they're doing well, and I think, uh, you know, we'll spread it around a little bit. 
Absolutely. You know, I'm a huge fan of Coach Mooney, and I wish him the best this season. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, phone lines are open. You can be like Spider John. Call in and be the quarterback of the segment, 833-804-0910. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM and broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck, getting you set for Monday Night Football, Broncos at the Bills. We'll preview that game in about 15 minutes, but joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, talk a little Hokies, it's Andy Bitter. What's going on, Andy? How much are you doing? I'm doing good. I thought that was the most complete, like team performance of the season from the Hokies. What were a few of your observations? Yeah, they look good. And they answer a lot of questions in the process. You know, you wonder, can you go on the road and win a game? Well, they could do that. Uh, can you go and start fast in a game? They did that. Can you sort of uh, you know, put the foot on the neck of another team and, and not let up throughout? And they did that. Uh, so they answered some questions there. You know, I don't think BC is the, the greatest team that they're going to play this year, despite the, the bowl eligible record there. But uh, they went up there and they, they dominated. Actually, it wasn't even as close as the 26-point margin uh, suggested. It was, a, it was a much wider margin than that if uh, the game played out a certain way. So when this season began, I'm wondering what you would consider as a successful season for the Hokies. Because they're 5-5 five and five right now with two games left to be bowl eligible, and I would consider that success in year two of the Pry era. Yeah, I said 6-6. Six and six, and I, I said getting to a bowl game would be uh, progress. And they can do that and do a little bit better. And, and certainly, I mean, shoot, six and two is possible in the ACC. And I wouldn't have imagined that. Uh, you look at how slow they started in that non-conference schedule. And obviously, the quarterback change matters a bit with that in terms of going to drones and going through the a little bit of growing pains that you have with a new quarterback like that. But, uh, yeah, I think they have shown progress this year. And, and depending on how they finish up, I mean, win one of these last two, they're in a bowl game, win two of them, they're six and two in the ACC. I think that's uh, – Pretty big step forward for this group. Yeah. Are, where are we at with the tiebreakers? Is there any chance that they could get into the ACC championship game? I mean, Louisville nearly lost to UVA. They've got Miami next week. Uh, you've got NC State with 4-2, and two, North Carolina 4-2 and two, uh, with Tech as well. Yeah, there is. It's not really worth talking about. Uh, you need UNC to win out, Louisville to lose, and Virginia Tech to win out. So there's five outcomes that have to go a certain way. UNC's playing Clemson and NC State still. You know, that's probably uh, the toughest path to seeing UNC winning both those games the way that they've played this year. I think Tech could win out. I think that's certainly within the realm of possibility. They're favored this week, probably would be favored next week at UVA. Uh, I don't know that Louisville's going to lose to Miami, though. I think Miami's kind of uh, gone in the tank here, second half of the season. I think Louisville will bounce back after an uninspired performance last week. How impressed have you been with Chiron Drones, who I wanted him to start all season long. They went with Wells at the beginning of the year, but he's come on so strong as of late. And, you know, his ability to be a, a legit dual-threat quarterback is the reason the offense has kind of caught fire. Yeah, Chiron, I mean, he's he can carry a run game. I mean, he had 135 yards in that BC game, uh, broke a 59-yard run, uh, I believe it was, down the field. 
I mean, he, he's a guy that you can put the game on his shoulders with the ball in his hands and, and not even have to throw that. Then he can throw it on top of that that tells you kind of how effective he is. Uh, you know, this is a completely different ground game with him back there. And, I, you know, I think this offensive line was still a work in progress this year. I think it still is at this point right now. But you have a mobile quarterback back there and somebody who can, uh, you know, give it, can keep it, can throw it. I think that opens up all sorts of possibilities in this offense. And, you know, he's still developing game by game. You, you know, I think you see him grow from week to week. And that, you know, that's a pretty good sign for the Hokies going forward here. I mean, he's got two years of eligibility after this season. Uh, the possibility to have a quarterback in place for a couple of years is something Virginia Tech has not had in a while. So uh, it's pretty yeah. encouraging if you're a Hokies fan. Yeah, no, it is. And there's certainly some positive momentum in the program. So drones will be back. What other of the playmakers would be back next year for the Hokies? Well, they can all come back, uh, technically. Uh, you know, with the COVID year, uh, you know, you see a guy listed as a senior. He's not really a senior. He could come back if he wants to. Now, I don't know how many of them will. Uh, you know, that's sort of a, a personal preference. Some guys maybe don't want to be in college for six years or whatever it could possibly be down the line. But, you know, I think now you look at this, this NIL situation and say a guy's a late-round draft pick possibility or possibly undrafted free agent. You know, in the past, you, you just kind of go, well, I can make some money in the NFL or I could j- at least start uh, my clock in the NFL and maybe make a practice squad or something like that. Now it might be worth a little bit more money to come back and, and play and, and get that NIL money and, and continue getting paid like that. So uh, I'll be interested to see, you know, who stays, who goes, who, who maybe hangs on for one more year because it's a better opportunity monetarily. Andy Bitter with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow him on social media, Andy Bitter, VT, senior staff writer and lead football writer for Tech Sideline, covering the beat for the Hokies football team. And let's just say the Hokies win the final two games of the season. Uh, what type of bowl game would they be playing in? Do you have any idea who the opponent might be? You know, it's tough to say. If they win the last two games of the year, that puts them at 6-2 and two in the conference. And that opens up uh, a few more possibilities for them because, you know, the league has this two-loss rule. So that means a 4-4 four and four team couldn't be taken ahead of them in the bowl packing order. So that probably puts them in the, the Tier 1 bowls. Uh, you know, probably not good enough to get, uh, I think it's the Cheez-It Bowl, the one in Orlando now. I don't know if they could uh, get up to that. But, you know, you're looking at Charlotte, uh, Jacksonville. I think El Paso is in that Tier 1 group. I'd have to re-familiarize it myself with it because I didn't have to worry about it last year. But, uh, you know, I think they could get up into that higher rung there. Now, if they go 6-6, six and six, finish 1-1 one and one here to close the season, you know, I think something like the Military Bowl would love to take Virginia Tech anytime they're available. They, they, that Annapolis Bowl would love to have it, given all the, the you know, D.C. area Hokies and graduates that live up there. So, you know, a lot to play out here in these last two weeks in terms of, you know, whether they get to a bowl first and then where they get placed. Absolutely, and if you're a Hokies fan, I absolutely think you should be following Andy on social media, Andy Bitter, Virginia Tech, VT. And uh, you were reporting that the game against UVA in Charlottesville, uh, it's on a hold here before we find out uh, the kickoff time. Give me a little bit of more information about that. Well, they, they have this option, the networks do, to, to put a hold on a couple games a week. Uh, they haven't exercised a whole lot of them, or at least the Hokies haven't been involved in a whole lot of them until now. So, you know, they'll wait until this week's games are played. Uh, it sounds like it's a noon, 1230 or 8 o'clock slots are all open. So it's, it's all over the map. 
Uh, not really a good sense of where that could land, but uh, we'll find out the kickoff time for that finale after this week's games. Andy, let me hear you give out three game balls for the victory against Boston College. Well, Dorian Strong had two picks. Uh, it's tough not to give a game ball for a guy that has two picks like that. I think he's having a first-team All-ACC type season. Uh, Kyron Drones, you throw for 200, you run for 135. Both those guys were ACC players of the week. And then the last one, you know, let's give it to Bashaw Tootin. I mean, the guy that yeah. ran for three touchdowns, really tough running near the goal line. Uh, he's the guy that really gets that offense going and, and you know, the offensive line wants to block for him. Andy, great stuff, man. Really appreciate you taking the time. All right. Thanks for having me. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. Happy hour starts right at 3 p.m. when I get off the air. And uh, I'm here every Monday throughout the rest of football season talking college hoops, commanders recap, and getting you set for Monday night football. And, Stubb, we got a decent game tonight. You know, this is a Denver Broncos team that started the season really slow, but they're currently on a two-game win streak, and they travel to New York to face off against the Buffalo Bills. Bills Mafia will be out. That stadium will be rocking. Buffalo is picked to win this game uh, with the spread by seven over under at 47 and a half. I kind of think the Bills will cruise to victory here, but um, but Russell Wilson and the Broncos, they've played really decent the last few weeks, and the defense has been much improved. How do you think this game plays out tonight, man? I know uh, Michael Phillips, MP on the mic, has been very pro the Broncos. And he hasn't canceled them yet. And yeah. it just seems like the Bills have been kind of bad lately. And so maybe they're mad and this will be their win because they've been on such a losing streak. It kind of seems like that happened with the 49ers. So I could really see it going either way. I don't think it's much favored to one side over the other. Yeah, no, this is a Bills team that has struggled offensively over the last few weeks. And it I, I don't think the issue is their quarterback, Josh Allen, at all. I mean, Allen throws for almost 300 yards every game. I think the issue is James Cook, Latavius Murray, and Allen himself aren't providing enough of a rushing attack for the Bills, and because of that, they're forced to throw, 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 and Allen's trying to squeeze it into some small windows and has thrown a few interceptions at some untimely uh, spots in the game over the last few weeks here. So I I think the Bills' issue is really offensively uh, right now. They can't establish a ground attack, and even you see that with Washington. Your quarterback can play so well, but if you cannot run the ball successfully, you don't end up having time of possession as much as the other team. Because of that, your defense stays on the field way too long. All right, this is the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for VCU basketball, and I host the Black Gold Fan Podcast. The Black and Gold Fan Podcast with new episodes every single week, and we'll be recording today. And so that episode will be ready for you later tonight. We'll be recapping the win against Samford and getting you set up with a game preview for VCU against Radford Wednesday from the Siegel Center. But uh, uh, back to the game on Friday in which the Rams surged past Samford in the second half, getting a 75-65 to win, a 10-point win after trailing by double digits 13 
in the first half in which senior guard Max Sholga finished with a team-high 17 points. He's barely missing shots this year. Five of nine shooting, four of seven from behind the arc. He was six of ten in the first game behind the arc, and that's one thing that I've pointed out to my buddies um, that are VCU fans. Max Sholga is 10 of 17 from deep. 10 of 17 from deep. The rest of VCU basketball is shooting 16% from behind the line. So they need they need everybody else like Jason Nelson, Fats Phillips, and Zeb Jackson to start hitting their threes. Um, but Christian Furman, the sophomore forward, had his first ever double-double uh, with 10 points, 10 rebounds. He added five block shots. The big man really was impressive in the win. And I thought it was a cool moment in the post-game press conference, and those pressers are so much fun after a win where Furman said, Man, I, I wouldn't have gotten that double-double if it wasn't for Zeb Jackson. He said, I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for my teammates rallying around me and letting me see my own potential. And look, VCU fans know that it's almost impossible to replace the guys from the team last year, right? I mean, Ace Baldwin won MVP of the A-10, right? Player of the year and the defensive player of the year. And that's going to be impossible to replace. But I like Zeb Jackson at the point guard position. I think Max Sholga gives us a different dimension that we didn't have last year. He's more of a taller shooting guard than Jaden Nunn. But trying to replace Jalen Deloach and Brandon Johns Jr. is the toughest part that I noticed in the first few games of this season. Is We thought Roosevelt Wheeler was going to be a huge difference maker. He played two minutes. We thought Toby Lawal would make a ton of strides in his game. And although he has... He's more playing the four position than the five, which means it comes down to Christian Furman uh, to really step up in a big way for the Rams, and he played well in the win against Samford, 75-65. to 70, uh, And thought it was cool. Uh, Coach Odom mentioned that he brought his son to Blue Habanera earlier that week for dinner and met a few fans of Ram Nation. So, Stubb, what do you think I did after the win on Friday night? I went to Blue Habanero in the fan. Have you gone out there yet? Are you? That's too far from your location. It's a bit right? too far for me. <laughs> I, I really haven't explored too much outside of my circle. I've been talking to my buddies about exploring Scott's Edition more because we have really stuck to to Carytown. Yeah. yeah. So, what are the few spots that you've been going to? Like, do you still go into the uh, burrito place? I like. Uh, we've been to Bandito's like twice. I'm yeah. still all in on Ariana's Italian. Uh, we go to <laughs> Buddies like every week for trivia. Yeah, and then uh, yeah. New York Deli we go to a lot. Those have been kind oh, of uh, staples for us. Yeah, New York Deli is a great spot. Uh, it really is. And and that rooftop is a ton of fun. It's like a great view, too. Yeah, it's a good like, uh, look out. If you just want a bar, you go to the rooftop. And then the the, the, the downstairs has good trivia and stuff. So I, I think that's a good all-around place. And it's right on Cary, which is just like a beautiful part of Richmond. Yeah, so the question is, when are we going to get stubbed to a VCU game? You got a game against Radford this Wednesday. And then after that, I think um, no more home games until after Thanksgiving. If you give me a ticket, I'll go. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. of course. Are you kidding me? Do you know what kind of power I have at this station? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I don't you know. Want, you want one ticket or you want 12? I got you covered, <laughs> Stub. All right? You want to go to a VCU basketball game? I know the people to ask. All right? We'll the, make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd, I'd love to go if, uh, if yeah, I can. We've been, actually, we've been talking to VCU Athletics. I want to get you some VCU swag as well. I can't be the only one in the building walking around with VCU gear. All right? So we're going to yeah. get some swag for Stubb also. I mean, I show up in my Hokies gear every day because I've been there four years, so I have all Believe of it. Believe me. I know. Frank Maloney still hasn't lived that down. He's texting me today. <laughs> hey, is Stubby wearing the Hokies gear again? He needs to be out of the studio by the time Who's Talking starts at 6 p.m. <laughs> I, I want to meet you at River City Roll. 
I listened yeah. to your play-by-plays doing bowling, and I, and I want to go there and I want to beat you. Was that was that entertaining or was it terrible radio? <laughs> I, it was entertaining. I, I felt okay. bad for you for sure. It, it just made I me want to bowling nothing. It made nothing me want to play you. Gutter balls. It, it made me want to want to get out there and, and uh, show you up. But I, I yeah that I, I'm going to be down there next next football game probably. The, oh yeah. Let's do it. All right. I appreciate everybody listening to the show. Good to have Stubb back running the ones and twos. It's Grant and Danny coming up next from Washington, D.C.